As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Mr. Irrelevant is on to round two of the NFL playoffs, but is he a legitimate Rookie of the Year candidate? It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the Canadian bagging Goodell to bring back the International Series up north, put Buffalo back in the Sky Dome, and with me as always is AJ. Ego will not be tolerated on this podcast, Marchese. What was that a reference to? I didn't get it. More on that in a minute. Oh, Today, we're breaking down our 2022 NFL All-Rookie Team. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out. To Casey, maybe looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And, and that's, that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sports drink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. Always that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Two GM hirings this week, AJ. And I think something something I find quite interesting is the uh, the Cardinals hired Titans director of player personnel Monty Austinford as GM. That's the guy who said ego will not be mm-hmm. tolerated with that team. Well, okay, Monty, but uh. I find it interesting the Titans lose him and hire someone from out of office to be their GM in 49ers director of player personnel, Rand Carthen. It And yep, yep. I think the hire of Rand is much better than the hire of Monty. Well, I don't think it bodes well when a team fires their GM during the season in Robinson. And then <laughs> the, another team hires from within that front office – and that front office like didn't consider promoting that person. Uh, now, quickly, a rundown on Monty. Monty, Monty uh, had been with I, – I do GMs by first name always, of course. So yeah, Monty had been business. with with the Titans uh, since 2020. But before that, he's a, like a long-time New England Patriot. Yes. Uh, 06 to 2019, working his way up. Uh, had also – 
been with them in 2003. Basically, he just bounced between the Texans and Patriots from 2002 to 2019. Love it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Not, Ray, you know, we'll save it for our, our big roundup, but uh, yeah. it doesn't sound promising. <laughs> Go on. But, like, that makes it – like, he is very much a John Robinson guy. Yeah. John Robinson, obviously, coming from New England to Tennessee. Yep. Anyways, we'll save it. We'll save it. Yep. And Ran, who Florida Gator legend, played for the Colts way back in the day, uh, had been with the 49ers since 2017. Um, And before that was with the Rams and Les Snead as director of player personnel for a handful of years. And before that, a scout for the Falcons. I think that's a great hire. That sounds much, much more promising than, than the Monty hire. Yeah, I... I, again, I haven't dug in too much and done my my you know my background research, and I didn't even like like both of these guys kind of seemed a little bit um, well like especially with the, the first one like a little bit out of nowhere a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I think Ray's I, names popped up a couple years in a row. Monty, yeah. I, I I was very Wait, much out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and especially like you said, given the context of what happened with the Titans front <laughs> office, it seems kind of the strange. timing is very weird. Yeah, you're right. Rand's popped up a couple like the last two years. I think you're right. Um, yeah, that's that's way better. That's way better than what Arizona did. Um, we'll save it. I'll save it, Rob. Um, did you want to break down uh, all the coordinators too? Uh, take on Jim Schwartz to Cleveland. Home run, slam dunk. We'll save it. It's so right. weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing in terms of East West Shrine and Senior Bowl, but the rosters are being announced in the coming days. Um, we already have a key name off the Senior Bowl rosters. They announced the defensive line the other day, and it appears Texas Tech's Tyree Wilson won't be there. We are sad. We hold out hope that Devin Witherspoon will be there with the corners. <laughs> You're not going to break down your theory on the podcast? No, no, no. I'm going to save that once it's proven. Okay, I like that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think either of us can say we're surprised that Tyree Wilson's not there, though. No, you. I mean, you allude to it every year. You're always mm-hmm. like... Early on, when we get the big slam dunk guy, you're like, he probably won't be there. And I, every year, refuse to listen to you. Get my you know what? And- you know what my new theory is going to be? I'm going to start keeping an eye on this. See if there's any recess NIL money going late to guys. They announce Senior Bowl, and then it's like, okay, you can back out. It's just Jim slipping the money under the table through the recess middleman. That's so smart. Let's see. I'm going to keep my eye on that next year. Okay, please do. Please do. <laughs> um, and uh, the East West Shrine Games, uh, I think, announcing their complete roster over the next two days the coaching staffs are uh the falcons and the patriots um senior bowl this year has uh, i like what the senior bowl is doing actually um, yeah with just kind of different assistants taking on bigger roles uh filling from different teams filling out the staffs uh so i think i think that's cool yeah i think it's clever and uh it's good um look we knew Nagy wasn't gonna get wasn't gonna get beat out um i don't know if I i've also, seen i'm sorry go ahead I was just gonna say, I mean, I'm excited. Steelers secondary coach Grady Brown will be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, for good, one of the good, teams. good get. Um, I haven't seen anything like reporting either way, but I don't know. I have a hard time picturing Belichick going to the going to the game. I don't know why. He's waiting to hire Bill O'Brien as OC. <laughs> just send him exactly. Uh, the NFL is just the same news over and over. Uh, okay. You know who was at the East West Shrine game last year? Who, Rob? As we dive into our 2022 NFL All-Rookie team, Brock Purdy was at the East West Shrine game last year. Yeah, yeah. So who's – it's going to be DTR in the in this spot next year. Yep, yep. 
no, from what I understand, it'll be Aiden O'Connell. Um, <laughs> as we dive into our all-rookie offense, starting with the quarterback position, I know Brock Purdy didn't play a ton of games, but I, I think, obviously, the conversation is him or Kenny Pickett. Purdy has the numbers. <laughs> Purdy threw more touchdowns in less games. Almost twice the amount, yeah. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Kenny Pickett had some electric drives to win games down the stretch. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, the Steelers won. Uh, actually, if you don't count the first Ravens game because he got hurt, uh, they won five in a row for him too, AJ. Congrats, buddy. How many in a row did yeah. Brock Purdy win, including a playoff All of them. game? He's going to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it, it feels like you have to pick Brock Purdy. Threw for thirteen over 1,300 yards, 13 TDs, ran for another was by far the most efficient rookie quarterback. Kind of not even a hiccup once he entered the starting lineup uh, in Kyle Shannon's offense. Obviously, it's it's been easier for him than these yeah. other rookie quarterbacks, given the playmakers, the play calling, the system. But, I mean, Purdy's been poised and decisive, and we've seen him do some stuff with his legs that mm-hmm. I don't think Jimmy G was doing. No, that's for sure. And, I mean... I do think, not that Purdy hasn't had a magical run, but I do think his presence as QB1 on this team says more about the the class as a whole than it does about Purdy's, you know, Purdy's seven-game run here, or six-game in the regular season run. So are we going to just crown him? Oh, yeah, it's Purdy. I don't think there's <laughs> – that being said, I don't I don't think you can have too much of a debate. Oh, Desmond Ritter, come on. Yeah. By the way, you, you know who our midseason quarterback was? Who? Bailey Wait, did Zappi. we do this midseason? Yeah, we did this midseason. I don't even remember doing I, I wrote down who I had midseason. I don't know who we actually picked, but I wrote down all my midseason picks. So, Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Bailey Zappi was our midseason guy. Speaking of midseason picks, I bet we had Damian Pierce in the running back position midseason. Uh, yeah. Or no, no, we no. Had Brees Hall? I had Brees. I don't know who we actually had landed. I had Brees, I can tell you that. I, I, I probably was like, uh, well, he's not playing. Um, <laughs> anyway. This time around, lots of options. Uh, hard to go against Kenneth Walker, who led all rookies in rushing with 1,050 yards, plus nine scores. Um, I, I think the other names you really are looking at are Tyler Algier and, and Damian Pierce. Yeah. Pierce ends up hurt. I think if Pierce doesn't get hurt, and if Brees Hall doesn't get hurt, it's probably one of those two. Um, but in this case, it's your guy. Pierce did end up on our actual team, by the way. I, I pounded the table for Brees. It didn't work out. Yeah, I, I, I think it was. A, it wasn't a clear choice, but I, I definitely, along with you, went with Kenneth Walker, and I think I gave Damian Pierce the runner-up, even with uh, being out the, the last few games. And Tyler Algier quietly the next dude up. Um, I think a full season of Brees Hall, he probably would have end up snatching this trophy. Like he was averaging five point eight per carry at midseason, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I think with Walker, given the nine touchdowns, the over a thousand yards, um, hard to argue against him. I, I, I think the thing is, like Damian Pierce did the most with the least. Absolutely, him. it felt like yeah. every carry is breaking several tackles. Yep. Kenneth Walker was the home run hitting king, and, and Tyler Algier was just kind of Mister Consistent, especially down the stretch. Yeah. I think if he was the seeing the amount of carries he was late in the season, this very well could have ended like earlier in the year. This very well could have ended up with him. But yeah, agreed. I totally agree. And now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna really question it, but it does make you wonder why he wasn't a little bit more involved early on. Um, 
Well, Arthur Smith isn't the best. He's, no, no, he's the he's the best at coaching running backs. You just knew he wasn't ready. Um, and I mean, hey, the, to back Kenneth Walker, he wasn't the number one at the start of the year either. No, nope. right? until Rashad Penny went down. Yep. So, really, all these running backs can put up even better numbers. Good, great rookie running back class, though. Uh, overall, right? I mean, we had we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight running backs rushed for over 400 yards um all eight running backs had over uh 600 yards from scrimmage too yeah no it really turned into into something really really strong i mean like I, I, pacheco came out of nowhere he he, he could have thrown his hat into the ring for this discussion too you know like no one would have robinson didn't get shot maybe he'd be here <laughs> he, literally like, yes that's how impressive he should win comeback player of the year if james cook wasn't in more of a you know you know maybe got the ball more like there's a lot of guys that really threw their hand in the ring. And then we had, like, you know, Jalen Warren undrafted having a really, really good year. Uh, Bam Knight having a sh- really strong stretch undrafted. Um, Malik Davis out it. Like, you know, there was a, a lot of, like, depth to this group. It w- turned out to be a really good group. Um, Other than Ty Davis Price. And Isaiah Spiller. Those are, like, the two big disappointments. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, okay. Those, I, th- I think a lot of this is pretty chalk so far. Or it will be chalk as well here at, at wide receiver. Where... Are, are I mean, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. We're doing three receivers: Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. No doubt. No doubt, right? No doubt. I I I don't know if you'll agree with me. I think you will, but I have an argument for the third one. But I think you can't you can't go opposite Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. And and just to kind of talk about them a little bit, um, it felt like Chris Olave was instantly just oh yeah, this guy's uh-huh, like. High-end wide receiver, too, at worst. He was the best player on that offense right away. And, and it, the offense was banged up, but still, he was. And it just felt like he was constantly moving the chains. Yeah. Uh, constantly getting open deep and being missed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was that week three, I think, James? W- w- yeah. with, with a better quarterback, maybe he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year, even. Um, and with Garrett Wilson, it was like, God, the quarterback play was atrocious, but... When you could get him the ball, he kept doing these dynamic things after the catch. He kept getting himself open. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, literally, basically with any quarterback that wasn't Zach Wilson, he'd go off. Yep, yep. And they both finished both. over 1,000 yards. Yep. Uh, four touchdowns apiece, coincidentally. And the most outrageous thing is they were teammates last year in college, as everyone knows. And um, I, I, I guess my question to you is, is Garrett Wilson the offensive rookie of the year? I think, like, given what we saw week to week, I my vote would be for Garrett Wilson. I do double jets, Garrett Wilson, and and Sauce, but behind them, KW and uh, and Tariq Willa, not far. Garrett Wilson was also just one of the best yak wide receivers in the NFL he, he this was, season. Yeah, he uh, uh, not to the level of uh, Debo Samuel in terms of broken tackles per reception, but like very much in the next tier. I feel like um, we don't see, like, in, in today's NFL, there isn't as many, you know, guys of Garrett Wilson's, you know, size and stature that are, are that are the big yak guys anymore. It's more of the bigger yeah, running, the running back, back style. shaped yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of like an old school yak guy, you know? Uh, so the third receiver position is the big conversation because I, I think there's three guys probably you're arguing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'll, I'll lay out the arguments for each. 
Drake London was kind of the most consistent from start to finish. Yep. He had he had to be that wide receiver one most weeks for a bad offense that couldn't really throw the ball. Um, he he kind of had a drought for several weeks where he wasn't doing all that much, and then it, like Desmond Ritter came in and they started kind of cooking again. Yeah. Um, I, I think he was like our week two offensive rookie of the week, and then uh, week eighteen I, I give it to the whole Falcons offense of uh, rookie trio. Um, and then with George Pickens, it just felt like, man, this guy makes everything. Everything's a highlight with George Pickens. Like, the catches were unbelievable. The body control, um, again, not the most consistent part of that is the quarterback play. Yeah. And the offensive play calling. And then there's Christian Watson, who it took the longest for him to get involved. But once he got involved, it became a touchdown machine. Yeah, and that is why my third receiver is Christian Watson. The like just to play devil's advocate. Uh, AJ, do you agree? Or are you playing devil's advocate? I, I honestly, AJ, don't tell the listener. I don't really care. Um, Car- which um, one pick? What are you talking I, about? Okay, I care a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, Watson had two hundred or so less yards than Drake London, and almost but, like thirty less receptions. <laughs> yeah. But had a counting his rushing touchdowns, nine touchdowns, mm-hmm. uh, which is five more than Wilson, Olave, and London, who all have four. Yeah, uh, he also did it basically. The vast majority of his yards came between week ten and week eighteen, but before that, he had what four, five, six, seven, eight, like ten catches on the season. Yeah, yeah, and his him popping onto the scene really ignited that Packers playoff push. No, it didn't work out, but that push for the playoffs was felt like if he wasn't there, it, it wouldn't have been happening. And you know, opposite of him, Romeo Dobbs had a great start to the season and then really kind of sputtered down the stretch. And he stepped up huge. Um, and like I think just his impact on a team, I know they fell short, but nearly make the playoffs. I think that's just enough, and the touchdowns and the explosiveness for me to, to put him in their in our third spot here. If Jahan Dotson doesn't get. Mm-hmm. Hurt? Do you think it's him? Because he had the touchdown production, I, and I think he, he had a very, very good chance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and also coming back off that injury, so that that injury happens in week four. He doesn't come back till week ten, and it's kind of like week ten, week eleven, week twelve. Yeah, he, it's, it's very quiet. Like, yeah, he's not really having much impact, and then he just goes on a tear really in the, in their last uh, five games. Yeah, looking like he did early in the year. No, absolutely. I, I think if he was healthy, complete season. I, I think he would have been. I think he would have been. But, you know, hard to say. Um, regardless, very good crop. Very good crop of receivers. Um, I know. I, I was going to say, like, the second team of uh, – if the second team's Drake London, George Pickens, Jahan Dawson, yeah. that's, I feel like most years it's your first team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's let's do it. Let's put, let's put it as Christian Watson then. Okay. Who, who are you going to actually pick? Did you have London? Uh, I did. But I, I don't care. Yeah, we heard. I do. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just feel like Garrett Wilson or sorry, Christian Watson's plays were just overall more impactful. Exactly. That's why. I, yeah. But that's, Drake that's Lennon had to do uh, a lot week to week with nothing. Yeah, definitely. And for the for the record, we had Olave Wilson and London as our midseason receivers. Olave Wilson and London. Mm-hmm. I remember trying to comp- tell you not to let us put London. So the roles have reversed. Um, <laughs> luckily for tight end, I don't think it's that hard a conversation to have. 
it's not, but you know, I think runner up was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I but. do think that there was a, it turned out to be a really, really strong year for, for uh, tight ends. Yeah. I mean, so we're, we're going to give it to Chiga Conquo, the Titans, uh, tight end who quickly became one of the, just not just the best yak tight ends, not just the best yak rookie, just one of the best yak players in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Had it, it, it was fun to watch him go from once a game doing something where your jaw hits the floor to just becoming a consistent threat down the down the stretch for them mm-hmm. and and looking like they're playmaking tight end to compliment Traylon Burks hopefully going down the down the road. Um, finished four hundred fifty yards and three scores, and was kind of this Swiss Army knife who lined up at fullback and was mm-hmm. a key blocker on run plays at times. I think he just easily is the choice. He is easily the choice. I, I t- fully agree with you. Um, I do think runner-up, if we're if we're having that conversation, is is a difficult one to have. If Greg Dulcich doesn't get hurt, he might have honestly. He might have been number one. T- number one. He was our mid. He was our midseason one, and he missed seven games like uh, on, on the season, and his stats are not that much. Not that much worse. He, he had thirty nine less yards on the season. Then Chiga Conquo, one more catch, and only played ten games yeah. or eleven games or whatever. Ten, ten yeah, games. ten games. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I agree with you. I think a healthy full season from Greg Dalsich, it would end up being him. Uh, that being said, Chiga Conquo owns my heart, so I still would have been here fighting for him. Um, I would love to hear who, who who your top choice for runner up is. I would go Greg Dalsich. That's fair. For that's me. fair. I J- but. I, I and and that's because if maybe if Daniel Bellinger doesn't get hurt, it's yep. him. Yeah, yeah. He was my um, mid, he was my midseason pick. My he, personal just be mainly because his impact in the run game. Uh, they didn't go to him a lot, but it felt like he like every target. It felt like he caught. He yeah. got thirty of thirty five targets. Yeah, that's um, great. wasn't wasn't the best like playmaker or anything, but just a consistent kind of chain mover and blocker. Um, Kate Otten was. About to, I was about to say, the, you could say the, the most the, consistent. Exactly, and I think, I think pushing him to shove, he's my he's my runner up, because yeah. of the consistency. I think you the conversation would have been between them, Auden, and likely. What are we gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna make you make two graphics. A runner up team? Sure, I'll do runner up yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so so now this matters. Who who's <laughs> our our second team running back? Uh, Damian Pierce. Over Tyler Algier, yeah, I, th- I think I think so. Close, very close. Uh, and then I, I think pretty obvious who our second team receivers are. Yes, uh, uh, London Pickens, Dotson, Pickens, and so who do you want to give second team tight end to? I, I think very. I can be I can be swayed, but very narrowly my pick is Kate on, and because of the consistency, um, over Greg Dulcich. Over I, I th- Again, how, if he doesn't miss those games, he, he's the guy, I think. But um, okay. I'm giving it to you. Okay, overall, what do you think of Isaiah Likely's rookie year? I I felt like after that preseason, it felt like it was going to be bigger, but that's it still was a very good rookie year. You know what I mean? And the thing for him is all these guys we're talking about, like um, Dulcich, Otten, Chikukonkwo, uh, Bellinger, they're on teams that didn't have established tight ends, exactly. right? Yeah, likely he's walking into a situation with one of the five best tight ends in the league, Mark Andrews, and I think 
obviously the the preseason hype i think people got maybe their expectations too high for Agreed. some sort of instant impact thing but he was he was very good he's one of the five best rookie tight ends he was one of the best number two tight ends in the nfl yep um and i think he ended up being one of the best yak uh tight ends in the nfl yeah just consistent i felt like there wasn't too many like special plays but just always getting the yardage i totally and i think that's what we expected coming out of Coastal Carolina, right? So I totally agree. Like the hype got big, but I think he very much lived up to what, like his draft selection as a rookie, very much so, and all everything. Yeah, the the rookie tight end class was surprisingly very very deep and good and fun and and, fun. and, and guys playing on important teams yeah. and uh, like we didn't even mention Jelani Woods, who I think had a great year, and, and, and Trey McBride kind of started catching on late. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a great year for pass catcher. Heck, even Jake Ferguson, he was he was uh he made a huge play in the playoff game for the yep, Cowboys. Exactly. And if if you count Connor Hayward. I count count Connor Hayward. Thank you. We'll put him on the team. Um <laughs> wait, do do you want to do fullback? Who's your fullback? Connor Hayward. <laughs> the runner up Xander, Xander Horvath. Xander Horvath. Yeah. Okay. Offensive line. Um I I'm choosing to do it specific to I, I hate when right tackles get ignored. Yeah, so I I did it left tackle right tackle left guard right guard center like in not just the two best guard you know I'm not too picky on the interior but I'm picky on the on the on the tackle spot if I'm being honest well we both know why that is but you just want big Abe in there um we'll start with left tackle where I think you, you have to although he's not playing it right now you have to go with Tyler Smith it's absolutely Tyler Smith yeah I totally agree um kind of. The the guy who him and Big Stinky were labeled as the projects among the first round tackles. <laughs> yeah, and Tyler Smith ended up getting thrown in the fire right away, being like jaw droppingly uh, good, not just in, as the run mauler we knew him as, but in yeah. pass protection where he just looked like a NFL vet almost instantly and. Every week he you forgot about him, which is a good thing because yep. because he wasn't an issue on one of the best offensive lines. Um, and in the run game, he just he helped spring so many big Tony Pollard runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he, he he's kicking into left guard for the playoff run, and he's looking good there. And yeah. it's got to be Tyler Smith. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I know we've talked about it, but just the job he did stepping up week one and having to play left tackle, a position we didn't project him as and, you know, entering the NFL. And for all the questions, he's he's been so damn good. And he's been – I don't remember him having a bad game, personally. No, I mean, he didn't. And I felt like I was waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, lots of great rookie tackles who had that bad game, you know. and Like, even I, – I remember the Kayvon Thibodeau game where Kayvon Thibodeau got a ton of pressures. Like, Tyler Smith wasn't bad in that game. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. So I think he's the clear choice. Um, and there was a, a couple of good choices, I thought. Um, and then, yeah, flipping to the other side, you, you landed on old Wait, big... wait, wait. Who's our second team left tackle? <sighs> Tougher conversation. Who, who's your... I, Go ahead. I jotted down Ikki Aquanu and Braxton Jones. I, honestly, I, th- I think I think I go with Braxton Jones. Yeah? I, I don't... I like the story, you know? Like, he, he played so beyond where he was selected... Another guy who didn't seem NFL rec- uh, ready seemed like a project, and I don't know. Did he have one or two bad games, and that's that's it on a bad Bears football team? Uh, he's, I, he played I, beyond. 
I think the different like he had some tough games in pass protection, mm-hmm. but the difference was his consistency in the run game from week one to completion of the season, where Icky kind of started the year we felt sloppy, yeah. got into a great rhythm, no doubt, and I think great things are going to come. But uh, sure, let's go with Braxton Jones. I think it's more fun. I think it's more fun. Okay. It flipped to the right side. Big Abe Lucas. Yeah, if we're doing it pure left tackle, right tackle, I, I think it has to be Abe Lucas. Who was our midseason did, right did, tackle? Did you want to make an argument for Charles Cross on second team, or you, you feel good about Braxton Jones? I, like, I think I think Charles Cross and Icky are kind of on the same plane when it's all said and done. Uh, but I think I think I'm fine with Braxton Jones. I think he he, he deserves it for just playing beyond man. Like, all right. So uh, obviously you did all the Seahawks teams. So you, you why why what made Abe Lucas so good this year? Just like the fact that like I don't know a, a third round pick coming in starting every single every oh well, I guess he he missed one but every other game at right tackle um, and playing such consistent football from the start of the year. It I mean look. It, <laughs> A team with two rookie tackles, uh, with a with a you know an inconsistent interior of the offensive line, you know with Geno Smith with all these pieces, they shouldn't have been as good as they were. And I feel like, yes, both Cross and Lucas kind of had their hiccups. Cross more than Lucas, and that that's saying something. You know, two guys that came from the air raid system too. Lucas was pretty damn good as a run blocker all season. I think that's what really it shocked, shocked me. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, Who absolutely came from the. Played in the air raid and the run and shoot at Washington yeah. State, and obviously tested off the charts. And I think a lot of us who are big fans of him, both of us included, um, were expecting him to be pretty good because of his pass protection. But yeah. to come in and instantly be an impactful run blocker the way he was, yeah, I feel like there's a, like just comparing the two because it's hard not to. I feel like there's a lot of games where I'm watching both of them and it's like Cross is missing blocks in in the run, um, and I'm just struggling. And I never felt like that with Abe Lucas. Like there was a couple, a couple, you know, the odd pass rush that he, he struggled, but overall, like just a, a super consistent year, and shockingly good as a run blocker. And I think, yeah, I think he gets the nod. Uh, second team, there wasn't a lot of rookie right tackles. There to wasn't. Play. I, I put Nicholas Petit Frere, who also consistent, had a, had a fine year. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like, gonna argue. Like a, yeah. a long term starting right tackle, maybe not like. A superstar or anything, but solid player. Yeah, like overall, if we're doing tackle overall, I think he's behind Cross, Jones, uh, Jamari Salier, and Icky. Um, but other than that, if we're just doing straight up right tackle, yeah, it, we talked about that last week, I think, where we didn't talk about him very often, and that's again doesn't mean he's it means he's not going to be a superstar probably, but also means he's not a disaster. They found a starting right tackle, and that is good. That's good, and he played consistent football. Uh, a guy we didn't talk about a lot, but who I thought played a lot of consistent football this year, uh, who I've slotted in as my first team left guard is Dylan Parham of the Raiders. He was he was he's one of my guards too. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's just felt like another guy that wasn't. I think he had one or two meh weeks, a couple good weeks, and a lot of just consistent ball and an, an important player for that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, like started at center yeah. early on in the season when yeah. I think Andre James went down. The, the ability for a rookie to flip from guard to center like that in a pinch, and his athleticism really showed up in the run game for them too. Uh, yeah. He was making a ton of blocks in space, looking at as a lead, lead on, uh, on poles. Josh um, Jacobs and, had, had his career year. Yeah. No, I agree. I My two picks, I, I didn't focus too much, but I, I had Dylan Parham and Zion Johnson. 
Yeah, so I, I just for second team left guard, I threw down Cole Strange, who I thought had yeah. a pretty solid year. Agreed. Especially down the stretch. Yep. But my starting right guard is Zion Johnson. Yeah. Who I think overall had, I don't want to say a disappointing rookie year. Well, it started hot. It did and start hot. I kept hot. saying, yeah. I, get, I don't know if you remember, I kept saying, uh, Zion Johnson, I think, is going to be the rookie who makes the Pro Bowl. It didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. And then it kind of, uh, it just kind of, he got banged up, and then it just, it just kind of, just wasn't, it wasn't as good. And he didn't have a bad rookie year by any means, and I think he's deservingly, he might have been the best rookie guard, even. Um, but just, it just wasn't like, you know, this plug and play, like you said, potential Pro Bowl guy uh, as a rookie. Um, but no, overall, a very, very strong rookie year, and I think those two are kind of the, the dudes. Yeah. Um, behind Zion, I put in Ed Ingram, who, at right guard, who I don't think had a great year, had some ups and downs, had some good just good games in the run, uh, some tough ones in pass, bro. But honestly, there wasn't a lot of other options. No, not really. So I'm, I'm like, fine with that. If, if, if you're looking at, like, we never really got, we didn't really get, Logan Bross got hurt early for the Rams. We never got to really see Sean Ryan. Zach Tom came in for the Packers, but was playing a lot of tackle yeah. for them. And playing not um, bad. No, definitely. Kenyon Green was on the left side. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for, like, some of these, like, Josh Azudu, I thought, had some moments when he came in for the Giants off the bench. The, this offensive line class is going to be really interesting in year two. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, um, Spencer Beerford too had had moments. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, I, th- I think like Cole Strange overall. I know just we going back there. Just overall, I think another guy just a really solid, solid rookie year, but nothing, nothing to write home about. Yeah, exactly. So should we slot in Ed Ingram or Spencer Beerford? That's a good point at right guard. I, I think because of the games played, it's Ed. Uh, I think overall, I think Spencer Buford was better in the better. games he did play. Also, kind of out of nowhere, that was fun. Yeah, one of uh, one of our guys. Yeah, yeah. The the biggest, the highest rated recruit in UTSA history. Yeah, and we were we were on him early, Roth. Um, so he, I, he started sixteen games. Did he? I thought you, I thought you only had eleven. Am I wrong? No, they they started sixteen. They were, were rotating him from week five right. to week sixteen. Right. Playing like between like forty five and eighty percent of the snaps. Right. Weird. Uh, okay, let's do Spencer. Yeah. I like Bruford more, so I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yep. I feel like he had less. Like there were there were times where Ed Ingram was the problem. Yeah, and I know? don't think Bruford ever was. I know they're rotating him, but on a team that could win the Super Bowl, um, I, I'm telling you, right, he's he's better than the guards that were playing this week. That, that's for sure, uh, in my opinion, from what I saw. So for for the Niners, of course. Um, yeah, and then jumping over to center, it's it's obvious for both slots. It is Tyler Linderbaum. Mm-hmm. It's clearly Tyler Linderbaum. was mul- a multiple offensive rookie of the week uh, for us. Do you think he was the best rookie offensive lineman, period? That's a great question. Yes. I think so, too. Yeah, I think so, too. It's 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 him or Tyler Smith. I, I think, given the circumstances, if I had to, like, just, like, you know, the NFL-style award where it's almost more story over production, I'll give it to Tyler Smith. But who I think is a better football player is, is Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah. He he was such a a perfect fit for that Ravens yeah. team. 
they utilized him so well in space. He opened up huge holes for insert any running back they stuck in the backfield. Um, yeah. I thought overall very, very strong in pass pro. There were the couple moments where we see, like, you know, the undersized center, but not many. Not many. And in the run game, like you said, phenomenal. And, and Luke Fortner, clearly. I think. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. Clear number two guy, and he's still alive in the playoffs, and it played a, a, a nice game against the Chargers this week, and he feels like a, another one in the in the Dylan Parham vein where he was just very solid all year, not bad, uh, not amazing, but good. Started so just every never game. really talked about him. Played every but snap he, for a playoff team. He, he was everything uh, Mark Stoop said he'd be. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think most years, like, you know, maybe a quieter center, like no star center, He's the clear choice, and that, that doesn't mean you know. Like you said, I agree. Wasn't a superstar season, but a, a guy on a, you know, an offensive line that was coming together too. You know, it wasn't like a, a ready set made group that he came in and kind of plugged the middle, um, and got them got them to the playoffs. So yeah, I think I think that being said, it, big big year for Luke Fortner, but just quiet. All right, let's move to the defense now, where I think both the edge spots are pretty clear. <laughs> Um, it, it's second. funny. It's funny that we got edge so clear, and then the IDL is just a fucking murky mess. The IDL class was just well. It's funny because the edge is clear, but there were so many good ones. There was, yeah, there was, and there was just not a lot of impactful uh, interior defensive linemen this year. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, Kevon Tibro, yeah, Hutch finished with. Uh, 52 tackles, 9 TFLs, 9.5 sacks, and 3 interceptions. <laughs> Dibido, 6 TFLs, 4 sacks, 5 pass deflections. Felt like more consistent pass rush threat week mm-hmm. to week. Aiden Hutchinson making kind of splashier plays week to week. Yep. Um, if, I put the, I, if I put the career interception total for Aiden Hutchinson at 2, I think he would have taken the under. <laughs> he had to put 3 yeah. somehow this year. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's like... I know the Lions ended up not making the playoffs because the NFL screwed them, but very, very like it just felt very I don't know magical with him and the and the young Alliance on the back end there, and and I agree though I think Thibodeau snap to snap was the better pass rusher than Aiden Hutchinson this year. Um, I just feel like one had the kind of a little bit of the magical touch, and the other looks like he could be one of the best pass rushers uh, in the league for a decade to come. Yeah, and, and, and to go for the second team where it gets a little more interesting. Yeah. Despite his lack of games played, Aiden Hutchinson's teammate James Houston was second among rookies in sacks with eight. Lock him in. He's lock lock him, him in, in, baby. Like, looks like a long-term... Like, I don't want to make it sound like he's not amazing by saying situational pass rusher, but, like, long-term, rotate him in, let him... Chase quarterbacks, and he's going to just make plays, and they're yep. so splashy. Played seven games, had eight sacks. I, I know, like maybe that sounds like a knock, a rotational pass rusher or a situational pass rusher, but it's not. Like we've seen so many of those guys become near superstars in the league. You know what I mean? Like it's as as I mean, I, I know the NFL kind of zigged a little bit back to the running game, but it's still more pass happy than it, it was. You know, ten years ago. So as that as that continues. Um, Guys like James Houston are just going to be so important, and um, I want to see wh- how much, like, where his snap count goes to next season, because it was obviously trending up towards the end, um, and uh, the production stuck for the most part too. So I mean, hey, Houston could have like, uh, I mean, maybe he breaks the sack record, Rob. Is what I'm trying to say. 
if he gets the count. All right. Well, I can't wait to see it happen. Who's the Who's the other guy though? I think that's a much more difficult conversation. I put put down it's a toss up between um, Trevon Walker and George Karloftis. That would be mine too. Um. I think, although Karloftis has the the sack stats, like Trevon Walker was. It's weird, like, cause because he was the number one pick and maybe didn't quite live up to that. Mm-hmm. People are disappointed, but. Like he was dropping into coverage, being a, yeah. a a key edge setter, and it like it felt like a lot. Like I'm not gonna lie, AJ, a lot. It felt like a lot of Karloftis sacks, like were like, more coverage sacks. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, like I think he had a very solid year, and he looks like he's gonna be a good, solid starter. Like for it's them. what they what they drafted. Yeah, yeah, and Trevon Walker, although the 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 pass rush numbers aren't there, was. A more impactful player, very strong against the run, and maybe, maybe not the high level as high level as we expected, but like that's a big ask for rookie, and that's not saying he was poor. He was very good as a run defender. Um, so yeah, I, 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 my my vote is I've had Walker over over Karloftis as well. So okay, okay, jumping to interior defensive line, where it's like uh, the guys I put, yeah, both both like Jordan Davis. Yeah, is one of them. Agreed. Who had a strong start to the year before he got hurt was again just a rotational player. Yes, but such a force against the run and making a real difference for the best team in the NFL record-wise. Yeah. Um, obviously gets hurt, doesn't come back for a couple weeks, comes back in a a, with a smaller role. I, I'm I'm wondering if it was to ease him back in for the playoffs. Um, and then Devontae Wyatt, his Georgia teammate and fellow first-round pick. It was like didn't have a role, and then the last three or four weeks became the best pass rushing interior defensive rookie. Yeah, yeah. Now so those I, are the guys I went with. I I went with the same two. Um, that being said, I think I think their seasons and being on this list it speaks more to the the poor IDL group. But both of these guys have showed very very high highs. It just was not obviously Davis got hurt and was low on a snap count. And yeah, Wyatt they just. I don't know what the Packers are doing. They they took a long time to make some in, but then he looked great. Um, so yeah, I think they're cl- they're clearly the two. So who are the second team guys? I think there's a clear one clear second team guy, and that's Travis Jones for the Baltimore. I put Tra- I put Travis Jones and Logan Hall. That's my two as well. Um, <laughs> I I think Travis Jones had a very good year, a very good year. Um, I think the Ravens are happy with what they got him, and I think he's going to be good going forward. It's just quiet. I don't know, and and I think Hall. I don't know. Maybe he's a little disappointing. Fairly disappointing, even potentially. But that being said, like I said, it wasn't that good of a group. So, yeah. Um, going to the off-ball linebacker now. There's a, a a lot of off-ball linebackers who had solid game. You know what? If you asked us after week two, would it have been Devin Lloyd? Sure, but not this time around. Devin Lloyd was our midseason, but no, I, I, he can't be. <laughs> no, I think. Far and away, Quay Walker was. I know he's the number one. The end of the year sucked, yeah. but he was easily the best off-ball linebacker this year because of his his three-prong impact as a cover linebacker, a run stopper, and a pass rusher. Yeah, um, was the, also statistically the best. Um, he he gave up nothing in coverage. He had I th- I think the lowest uh, yards allowed per target in the NFL. Um, Ended up with 121 tackles, five TFLs, a sack and a half, three forced fumbles, seven pass deflections. 
he looks like he's going to be one of the best and most productive football linebackers in the NFL going forward. Yeah, and he's like the only one in this whole class that I can – like I, I would even think is like Pro Bowl potential, you know? Yeah. Um, and like – and and he also had the best season. So I think he's clearly the, the first guy. Um, and then I think you can make an argument for the second guy, but you know my affinity for the Young Lions and how, how put, much of a special year they had. I put Malcolm Rodriguez in the second I choice. put Malcolm Rodriguez because – I think his ability against the run was better than any other off-ball linebacker Agreed. other than Quay Walker against anything. Yeah. Um, I think he, he ended up second or third among all rookies in TFLs. His story is also, like, yeah. better. Uh, we fell in love with him during hard knocks. Uh, in an almost playoff team, a winning record team, playing those, that Im- amount yep. um, and being their best off-ball linebacker. Yeah, exactly. I mean... And it's a team that didn't have any <laughs> many good ones, but no, I, I totally say, agree. I will say, had Jack Sanborn played more, <laughs> it might have been him. Like I agree. actually, yeah, he's I agree. My, but that for the second team, I, I I think I'd go with Jack Sanborn and Christian Harris. I'm down. Yeah, I feel like the way we talked about Demoloid and the way he actually ended the year, he he can't even be. I know a lot of like you know big writers will put him because of the stats, um, but but I don't think we can. So yeah, I think I think it's Harrison Jack Sanborn too. And, in Harris, again, not the most consistent year, but for a bad team, he had, he had way more flashes, I thought, down the stretch for uh, for um, the Texans than Devin Lloyd did for the Jags. Oh, down the stretch. I mean, it wasn't even close down the stretch. Um, also, you you know, you, you put in with expectations of Devin Lloyd being a first-round linebacker. Like, Devin Lloyd might be might have been – I think he probably went earlier this year than any any linebacker is going to go in this coming draft probably, you know? He, Potentially. Yeah. It's also worth noting, week ten onward. First of all, they 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 didn't start him for two games. His snap count dropped way down. They started playing Chad Muma, yeah, more like not more than him, but as much as him. Like I don't even know if Devin Lloyd was the best rookie linebacker on his team because uh, there were there were games where I thought Chad Muma was he was uh, a little bit better. I, I think I think Muma ahead of him on the depth chart. Like just it's not a lie. It's it's a fact. Um, yeah. It's a, oh shit. It's a fact. Okay. It's yeah. A fact. Depth chart guy, AJ. Depth chart. Uh, okay. Let's get, let's get to – this might be – like it's an embarrassment of riches at DB. Both corner and safety. Mm-hmm. And I think it's – I think it's, it's pretty obvious. Clear. Yeah. But, so I, I was going to ask you how you wanted to do it. I, I put it down as two corners, two safeties, and then just kind of a DB spot. Okay, I'm cool with that. I am very cool with that. Um, I think at both of our corners and our safeties are the same as midseason. So uh, let's start at corner where I think the top two choices for rookie defensive rookie of the year yeah. played, um, and that's Sauce Gardner and that's Tariq Woolen. Sauce Gardner I think was the the guy who every week it was just like almost shut downy. Yeah. Um, don't throw at Sauce like he is the prototype. He is everything the Giants could have hoped for. Uh, and, and with Tariq Woolen, he was the big playmaker. He came up with all the interceptions. Um, to me, Sauce Gardner is the defensive rookie of the year. Like, look like an all-pro corner. I think I think T- Tariq Woolen you could get after a little bit more, but he get get you back if you went too many times, forcing turnovers. Um, but, yeah, both just incredible. Mo- most years, both, like, Tariq Woolen would win defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you said. Sauce is my defensive rookie of the year. That being said, I don't think this was, like, far and away a better season than Tariq Woolen had. But I agree with your, your, your look at it, and... 
I, I gave it to Sauce. Um, yeah, I'm not saying far and away. I just think no, I know you're not. I just a lot of people I feel like are. That's just you know it's it's so weird how much this. I know people have met, brought it up, but how how closely this mirrors Darrell Revis and, and Richard Sherman in New York and in Seattle. Like like Sherman was kind of like the, the interception guy and. and Revis was just you're not throwing his way, and it feels very much like like that, like early in their careers at least, you know, or early in Sherm's career at least. Yeah. So should we do our safeties and then pick the DB? Do you do the DB slot now? No, do let's do, do let's, let's do second safeties. team corners, safeties, safeties, and then do our whole second team. Okay. For safety, I think it, it's a little bit tough because I think you're fitting three guys into two spots unless you throw one at the DB spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 Kyle Hamilton, it's Jalen Petridge, Jaquan Brisker. Yeah, and my argument will be... I know what it's going to be. Brisker and Petridge safety and Hamilton yeah. as the DB. And my argument will be Elante Taylor as the DB. Yeah, that's... I think I think Elante Taylor just runner-up corner. I think Elante Taylor... Is a casualty of a great defensive back rookie class, because yeah. man, he was freaking good, and then all of a sudden they, Marshall Lattimore got healthy, and they. Yeah, he's also a casualty of Dennis Allen being an, an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 game against Philly where he didn't play a single snap, and then Dennis Allen, I guess, realized when they played the Panthers in the final week of the season, hey, maybe I should start this guy again. Full- um, Alante Taylor also, I, I guess, a few games played. Um, yeah. Played last 13 games, nine starts. I think Alante Taylor was the most underrated rookie in the NFL. I think that's a good take. Um, speaking of missing games, if Jack Jones had a full season, do you think he ends up being our, uh, our flexy guy here? Maybe. The only thing, it, like, that we had a couple other DBs here who just, like, were also really good, you know? Mm-hmm. Would Jack Jones's play kept up? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like your pick of Kyle Hamilton for DB because he actually was playing that kind of big nickel position yeah. for most of the year for Baltimore. So, it's yeah. like, it makes sense on paper as well. Yeah. And then to the actual our actual safety picks, uh, Jalen Petrie was just like, so, so much fun. I know I've seen, like, some people bring up his missed tackle numbers. It, it was bad, but at the same time, the fact that he made 147 tackles, he missed, like, it felt like three tackles every time I watched him every yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I was gonna say like, I think people are bringing up that aren't aren't really weren't watching Houston Texans games. He was missing those tackles. I'm not arguing that, but it's because he was always around the fucking football. <laughs> he was the only one there. Um, yeah, so like you said, it speaks to the tackle number purely. I just felt like he was the most impactful safety um, in the league, and I think when he's not on a disaster level defense, he's going to be a, a legit big time impact player. Um. And, and, and with Kyle Hamilton, especially down the stretch, Baltimore found a guy who mm-hmm. was equally as good in coverage as he was against the run. Just kind of uh, an answer to these spread attacks with yep. his mix of size and physicality. He could cover tight ends, could cover slot receivers. Exactly um, what he was drafted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and with Brisker, similar to Petrie, it was like this team is bad. And every week he's showing up making flashy plays. I think Petrie was a flashier player and Brisker was the more consistent Consi- guy. Yep, I totally agree, yeah. But they both look like slam dunk picks. Yep, I totally agree. Both teams got to be, uh, I think, really happy, you know, going over the year. Um, Brisker, you know, amongst a bunch of rookie DBs too, and he was heads and above the best. And um, one of the best players on that defense. 
I think like he's going to be a leader of that defense, maybe going to this off. You know what I mean? Very quickly. And I think just going to the second team now. Mm-hmm. Let's start at corner. Please, please let me put Alante Taylor. Here. Yeah, no, I, I, he's my vote. My vote I would be Alante Taylor and Martin Emerson. No, no Trent McDuffie. I put him in the in the nickel probably. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, as long it, as he gets on there, that's the thing. Because all three of those guys, all three of those corners, were very good. And Martin Emerson, I think another guy similar to Alante Taylor, just didn't get the the positive attention he deserves for a really good rookie. Yeah, huge miss for me. I think it was because people just didn't want to watch the Browns for good reason. Um, he was fantastic. Um, one more name too, just to throw Deron Bland, reeling in five yeah. picks somehow. That guy, uh, I loved. I loved Deron Bland, but just. I, in no reality, like what I believed you to tell me that he had, he would have five interceptions this year. Uh, so I love that, but I think he would just be behind those two. And then at the at the at the DB spot, I think the debate would be, would be between Trent McDuffie, who I think the highs were higher, versus Cater Kohu, who was Mister Consistent for the Finns. And it, yeah, out miss out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and played every single game and a lot for the Miami Dolphins, and I think he was very, very solid. And I think that's that's a bit of a debate. And this is where I'll say if Jack Jones played yes. more, this could have been him. I think um, it would have been the, him. In, yeah. Um, I will argue it's McDuffie because he had to be the corner one for the AFC's best oh, yeah. team. I think if you watch the games, Trent McDuffie is better than Cater Co, but he's supposed to be. But I'm just saying. Uh, but for yeah, Cater Co just out of nowhere and so amazing. But yeah, I, I'm I'm totally in agreement of it being Trent McDuffie. Uh, and then going to safety, it's I think one safety is Obvious. no doubt Kirby yeah. Joseph. I, it just makes me sad that we couldn't get him on the first team. You know what I mean? Do but I, him, he should have gone back to Illinois, and then we'd have four <laughs> Illinois DBs drafted yeah. in the top 100 this this coming draft. But yeah, Kirby Joseph is 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 the leader of this second team. Second now. <laughs> Now, who do you have as the second team second safety? I have no idea. Like I didn't really, I okay. didn't write it down like this. I'm um, gonna pitch you on someone. So, so uh, my the first name that I'm gonna throw out is Ronnie Thomas. So I I think that makes sense in terms of the flashy plays. I think Dane Belton was a way better player. <laughs> he just like has a, a, he's played such inconsistent football because yeah. he was playing for Xavier McKinney who got hurt, and but like he also was starting at nickel. He was playing yeah. all over the place. He was kind of like there when a DB goes down, let's throw in Dane Belton. That's I another Dane, extremely underrated rookie year. Yeah, even by I us, just, I feel like we didn't talk about much. No, I I, th- I think I mentioned him one week. Yeah. So I I don't know it's I guess that's that's the conversation is it Rodney Thomas this is Dane Belton it would have been Nick Cross but the Colts refused to play him. <laughs> we talked a lot of Rodney Thomas we we talked a lot of Rodney uh, you know what so usually I go with well let's who whoever we talked more about because it's our show it's our list but uh, that being said I think we should make up for not talking enough Dane Belton and choose him I'm with you is this is this just because you love the Ferentz family. <laughs> I love I love Iowa Hawkeye football. I don't like the Ferentz family, but I love Iowa Hawkeye football. So yeah, that's why. All right, cool. I'm so happy Dane Belton got on it. Why not? I love Dane Belton. I I also uh, uh I think we could have done a third team DBs. Yeah, pretty. It much. It would have been tough for the if we did a whole third team because boy oh boy we'd be reaching for interior defensive linemen. <laughs> but you know what? 
We would have got to talk Kurt-ish, about baby. John, John Ridgway. <laughs> John Ridgway, yeah. Um, um, Matt Berniskin or whatever his name is on the Broncos from Wisconsin. Sick. That would have been, yeah. been good content. That would have been really good. Uh, okay, finally, special teams. We, we can just bang this one out. Just like Cameron Dicker, the kicker, banged a bunch of field goals. Yeah, out of nowhere. Sorry, Katie York. You, were, you thought you were walking your way to this win. No chance. Dicker, the kicker, came out and uh, usurped you, baby. <laughs> he, he even won a game for the Eagles before he became the Chargers kicker. <laughs> Yeah, he's, it's funny how, like, midseason it's like, okay, Katie Arc's the only one. And now it's like, goodbye, Cade. Dicker the kicker's in town, baby. Uh, unlike uh, kicker, there's, like, a plethora of punters, but Ryan Stonehouse just yeah. went ahead and, and broke the NFL record for average per punt and didn't make first-team All-Pro. Which is ridiculous. It's crazy because there were so many good punters. Like, so many years, it's like, okay, this guy's clear. Unfortunately, Ryan Stonehouse might be the best in the game. So. Yeah, Jake Camarda, I think, would be my second team. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, he was really good. Most years, he's first team. Yeah. Uh, like, Stout was good. Ron Wright was pretty good, too. Um, yeah, just unfortunately for them, Ryan Stonehouse is a, is a legend. And return specials, without a doubt, Marcus Jones. Yeah, it's Marcus Jones. But a Jones. game-winning pump return touchdown. Yep. Uh, average 12.5 per pump return, almost 24 per kick return, plus two interceptions, including a pick six, and a receiving touchdown. What's yeah, he, this man do? He's, he's our Paul Horning Award winner on this team, yeah. And I put Vilas Jones as my second team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think. He, he was a very good kick returner down the stretch. Yeah, he after was. a slow start. But, like, even, like, down the – like, later in the season, it's like, oh, he's not that good. And then he kind of woke up. Vilas Jones, I'm all back in, by the way. I'm, I take back everything I said that one week. He's a future Bears. Uh, he had a sick, sick 42-year I know. Uh, I reverse touchdown run. Uh, special teamer was always Brendan Schooler. It was always Brendan Schooler. Always Brendan Schooler. It was your second, second team, though. Uh, Hassan Haskins. Yes. Um, I totally agree. I think I – think Schooler and him both – I think they both have 14 special team tackles, which was the most among rookies. But Schooler was always destined to be a special team stud. Haskins being this good special teams is so out of nowhere. I mean, he's got the makeup for it, but, like, I wouldn't have but anticipated it. it. Don't don't forget, Vrabel's a Patriots disciple, uh, so, of course, point. it's a Titan. Good point. Uh, one of Vrabel's guys. I feel good about that. Okay, me too. I do too. Other than Olante Taylor not making first team. <laughs> that makes me sad. But next year, AJ, you know who's going to make uh, first team? Who, Rob? All three Illinois DBs. I like it. I, I, they'll have my vote. Uh, the whole senior bowl roster will make our first team next year. <laughs> Absolutely. 